Hey everybody, welcome to Making It. This is episode 96. I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Pachuda. Hey! What's going on? Hey! Hey! Not much, how are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, uh, cool. Uh. And we also have Mr. Jimmy Dressa. Hey! 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 <laughs> hey guys. Hey. Thanks for having me What's back. Up? What's I'm up? good. Guys? Thanks Thanks for coming back. It's good to see you. It's been it's been a long time. I'm glad to have you back. I can't on the show. believe you do this every <laughs> yeah. single week. It's amazing to me. It's like the longest running like commitment I've ever made in my life. That's <laughs> it. Really is. That's awesome. <laughs> it's fun. It's true. I mean, besides teaching and occasionally having a long term girlfriend, this is third. I'm glad we could. This is third. Rank up there in those things. This is third. That's good. And have and keeping my YouTube alive. Four years. So we're so you're fourth. So what you're saying is that we're not we're not really that important. You're, it's like you're fourth. Be, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or fifth, actually. Now that I think about it, well, what's going on uh, with me? I've been working all morning on my my bridge. I'm doing a sponsored video by Dewalt, and I'm making a a footbridge. It's going to be 12 feet long and six feet wide, and it's wide enough because I, I was at the sawmill and the guy sold me these six by six oak timbers. And he said, and I was there with my big green army truck, he goes, you should be able to drive this across these timbers. He goes, so if you're going to make a little footbridge in your back property to drive your quad across, you know, your Polaris, he goes, make it wide enough to drive this uh, this truck. And I said, do you think it could withstand this truck? He said, absolutely. So these six by six timbers, uh, Willie and I moved them this morning and we both had to stop and take a break a few times, but I'm going to edit out those breaks. The video is <laughs> just going to be us. I have the quad set up about... A hundred yards in the air, filming us carrying them into this little niche in the in the woods, and they were so heavy. They they must they feel like they weigh five hundred pounds each. They're just solid oak. Mm. They're like the the pith of the tree or the center of the tree, and they're they're solid oak, six by six by twelve feet long, and they're going to be the rails for this bridge. So we're moving those around and notching them, getting them ready to be bolted together tomorrow. And so I'm working on that, um, and. Uh, and also another really heavy piece of wood, if you guys have seen my social media, uh, I'm working on this big, crazy piece of Australian beef wood that this company sent me to play with. It's a big- Beef wood? Yeah, it's I called know. Australian <laughs> beef wood, and it looks like a big piece of red meat. Sounds I want that delicious. to be my nickname. <laughs> beef wood. <laughs> Change the channel name. Done. The drunken beef wood. <laughs> that's a really good, that's a, I got it. I just, I just got it. Beefwood.com. No one can take it. Um <laughs> Plus 50 cents on Amazon. The uh, This is a crazy slab. It's so heavy, too. This piece is, is wood. It's like one of the most dense pieces of, woods, a piece of wood I ever picked up. I actually I, I moved it around a couple of times. And then at one point, I said to Ryan, who was with me, I said, Ryan, just grab the other end of this. I said, I'm tuckered out. It's, uh, it's giant. On my Instagram, I put it through my CNC machine because what the piece that I have is, is just so burled up. The grain comes out. The surface in every direction. I mean, I, the minute I hit it with a plane, it just just ship out. So I could either only scrape it, and so I got the idea of using the the one and a half inch wide CNC clearance bit. So I threw it on the CNC, the the shop bot, and I cleared it in three sections. It's that long, so it, it fit the girth, mm. the width, but the length was three times as long as the tabletop. So I had to move it three times, and I was able to get my my surface lined up fairly good. So with the and I got it flat now. But I was just working on, you know, so I'm working on heavy, heavy wood these last couple of days. I'm getting my my exercise in. There's no doubt. Beefwood.com is taken, by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> taken by me. <laughs> it may be available. Goodbye for, for like me. probably $20,000 or something. <laughs> yeah. 
makesomething.com is available for $5,000. So if anybody wants to gift me that domain, please do. Really? Is That's it really? why. Yeah, it's why I own Make Something TV and Make Something.net and a couple others, but I don't own the .com. Hmm. Any, but anyway, what am I working on? I am getting ready for a craft show this weekend, and I told myself I wasn't going to panic and and <laughs> make it drive me nuts, but I am going nuts trying to get a bunch of stuff ready for it. So I'm actually filming like five or six different videos. A lot of them are just going to be like, um, you know, 20 speed through the whole thing. And like, hey, here's an idea that you can do for yourself. I'm also on Wednesday, I'll be working with leather for the first time. So I ordered some Ooh. leather tools. And um, yeah, so I don't know <clears throat> of, of the five or six videos that I'm recording. I don't know which ones I'm going to release this week, but they will definitely be craft show related videos this week. Awesome. Um, well, for me, I this week will be a skateboard ramp. I made it a couple weeks ago, but um, made a little kicker and a box and then a ramp coming down the other side of it. And it's it's pretty basic, but it's one of those that um, like you can you could make the entire thing with a jigsaw if you had to. It's there's nothing fancy about it. It's just like, you know, a screw gun and a jigsaw and you'd be good. Uh, but it ends up being pretty cool and. It's got a little handle on one side and casters on the other side, so getting it out to the street is fairly easy because you can lift it up and roll it out there and lay it down. <clears throat> and I'm I haven't been on a ramp like that since I was probably twelve or something. Oh. <laughs> so I've hit the concrete a couple of times. That's not a lot of fun at this age. You wearing a helmet? Yes. <laughs> no, my buddy is like you know he's my age, and about five years ago he jumped on his son's skateboard and. He's a good skateboarder at one point in his life, and he lost his footing and banged his head, and he was he had a, he was in the hospital for a couple of days mm. with, a, with a serious concussion. Dang. Just fell the wrong way. No, 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 skate all you want. No, 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 no. I mean, if I actually tried to do tricks on it or anything, I would definitely wear a helmet. One, because I want to be a good influence on the kids. Like that's going to be a rule for them when they get on it. They have to have a helmet regardless. So I have to live that for them. Um, but so far I've just been like, let's see if I can ride up it, you know, and I can, but coming down is (laughs) not always fun, (laughs) but anyway, so yeah, did a ramp and, um, let's see, working on some other stuff here and there. I got projects lined up that I'm working on for several weeks and some long-term stuff in the process. So, um, but actually I wanted to do a little follow-up from last week because, Um, I, so last week we talked about like, you know, I was stuck for several days, couldn't come up with ideas for a project and you guys had some really good insight on how to get around that, which I thought was very cool. And I went for a run this morning and I tried to listen to an old, I'm really far behind on podcasts. So I'm several weeks behind, you know, when new stuff comes out. Um, so I was listening to reclaimed audio today and it's. Anybody listen to our show but doesn't listen to Reclaim Audio? I listened to that episode to last Audio. night. What you're about to say, I listened to it last night with Laura. Was it? With- yeah, with Laura. Yeah, yeah. it was great. And it was it was an excellent, excellent episode. Um, Laura Kampf was on there, and they talked about a bunch of different stuff. But one of the things was the topic for the whole show was like, how do you stay inspired or something to that effect? And um, she had this thing that she said about that you you 
I don't remember exactly how she said it, but basically you're a machine and for all of your parts to work, you have to keep all of the parts healthy. You have to keep all of them maintained. And she had a really good way of saying it that like, if mentally you're distracted or you're worried or you're tired or something like that, that's going to affect your creativity. It's going to affect, you know, how well you work, how well you can execute on something. And I saw that after last week, having a really off week, um, and then actually after we recorded, it continued to be off for several days. Like it was just a really weird week, but I saw that, that I was, I mentally needed to kind of back off and, you know, take a break. And so it was really cool to hear that come out of that show this morning. And they had some other really good stuff to say. Um, they actually quoted me in the episode too, which was a little surprising, but. And they said nice um, things anyway, about me too. So thank you to those guys. They did. Listening. They said, a, they said a lot of things, nice things about Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <Smiley>. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was a really good episode. Um, so anybody that deals with like, you know, trying to make sure that you stay inspired or stay productive or whatever, yeah, go check it out. It was funny. What Laura basically said in one sentence that stuck out to me was she said, you know, you need to stay well rested and take care of your health. And it's something that I neglect. I mean, how many times have I yawned since we got together this morning? <laughs> About 35 <laughs> times. Uh, because I don't sleep enough. I, I mean, I wish I didn't have to sleep. I wish it wasn't part of being a human being. But uh, I resist going to sleep and... When it's time to wake up, I'm a zombie, and I force myself out of bed. You know, it's funny. I li- I listen to a lot of books on kind of like success, like self-help books, and a lot of them say start off with health. If you if you are healthy, you could then set yourself up to be successful in your career or in your life or your marriage or whatever. So, health is a big part of what we do. Yeah, for sure. Jimmy's yawning while David's yeah, talking. Yeah. <laughs> Trying not to look at him because I get distracted. <laughs> yeah, we'll all start yawning. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, and I think it's also really important to know like uh, when when to stop in regards to like when your health is getting in the way. And I think we've talked about this before, but like I've caught myself a few times about to make a cut on the table saw or something and going like, I really don't need to be doing this. Like I'm sleepy right now. And that's just not a good time to be using a piece of machinery that could cut something off, you know? Um, and then the other night my wife was going out with some people. So she was out to do something. The kids were in the bed and I was like, Oh cool. I have a couple hours. I can go down and do some work, but I was really tired. And I knew that if I went down and started working, I would either make a mistake and ruin some material or make a mistake and hurt myself. And so you know, on top of actually taking care of yourself, it's also really important just to like, you know, remember um, to kind of check yourself before you start working and make sure that, you know, you're not tired, you're not agitated, you're not did you, whatever. Did you just say check yourself before you wreck yourself? <laughs> I think I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I did. Um, yeah. So anyway, I thought that was a really cool episode. Um, and those guys, uh, Reclaimed Audio guys, are going to be in Boston with us. Yes. Check it. That was an awesome segue. Mm. Um, so, uh, Boston is going to be in four weeks. Is that right? Oh my. Less than. Yeah. Really soon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, December 3rd, our 100th episode in Boston. I think we've had some developments since last time. Um, so, let's run through those. I don't want to hog the conversation here. If you want to jump in, feel free. But um, I've got all the information in front of me. So... Currently, it is us, 
the guys from the Dusty Life podcast, Reclaimed Audio, uh, Making Geeks, Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern is going to be doing a talk. And we now have an MC, John Berard from uh, MakerCast is going to be MCing the whole thing. So that's really awesome. And uh, we're going to have some giveaways in between the live podcasts. We're going to have some stuff for everybody to take. Um, we're going to need some volunteers for taking tickets, but we're still working out the logistics on that. So if you're interested in helping us out for a, a you know part of the event, we'll have more information coming on that soon. Um, we do have people have been asking about like hotel uh, accommodations. We do have a block. There's links to it on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, there's a few rooms left. How many is it, David? Uh, we have five rooms left for Friday and three rooms left for Saturday. That's part of our discounted making it 100 block. Yeah, so not very many left. So if you want a, a room, grab those. I think it's like 150 for a room. Is that right? Mm-hmm. For a night? Yeah. And that's pretty good because it's you can sleep three people in those rooms, I believe. So you could split it up, whatever. It's like a five-minute walk from the venue. Um, so we got that. What else? Mm. Other details? We've, uh, some people have been asking, are you going to record the show? Yes, that is actually going to be our episode 100. It'll be the audio from our live podcast will be episode 100. Uh, there are people asking if it's going to be live broadcasted. We don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't know yet. We don't know what the internet situation is going to be. I I think we're going to try our best to actually shoot some video, but we'll see. I, Last I heard, um, the we will have internet access there, and it should be wide open because it's on the weekend and the people working there are not there. Mm-hmm. So we should be able to live stream the whole thing, but there's still a lot of other technical stuff in the way of that, like where do we put it? Put it, How batteries, do we get the audio? And yeah. And yeah, there's that. just a lot of stuff. So <laughs> we're going to do our best, and we will be tweeting about that, uh, posting about it you know, everywhere if we can get the live stuff set up so just keep an eye out there we're gonna do our best because i know there's a lot of people who can't make it that would like to make it uh somebody was asking today about if we have a waiting list for tickets because it's sold out unfortunately we do not but i've seen tickets being canceled every couple of days somebody backs out and they get snatched up really quickly so if you're looking for a ticket keep an eye on the site you know just check it every day or something and maybe some will open up and we all have and like if we a can open up more one, tickets right? each one of us uh, we do, yes. Well, I can <laughs> not bring like seven people few. in on seven people in on <laughs> plus, the plus one. Plus one, Jimmy. One. <laughs> Jimmy has a plus. I seven. gave my Everybody plus one away plus to like seven people. <laughs> so oh, please, nice. if you cannot go, please go back in and give up your ticket so somebody that wants to go can go. Or yeah, give it to Jimmy. Definitely. Or give it to Jimmy. <laughs> I'm, I'm kicked out. <laughs> I'll be I'll be recording from the car. <laughs> Cool. So that's Boston. It's going to be awesome. Really looking forward to it. Um, we still haven't set up anything for the night before, but we're, I think we're going to try to do something. That's nothing like Friday? official, official, but yeah, like just yeah. a place that we can all gather. Well, like, we just, like Kevin, so if anybody has any suggestions, you know, Kevin from know. Ohio wrote to me. He said he goes, "I want to be at the same hotel as everybody else, so we can all hang out in the lobby." So that's probably oh, yeah. what's going to happen, right? Yeah, probably. Cool. So cool. That, that's that's Boston. What are we? talking about this week um so oh my goodness who sent the question in 
It was um what? pause that Sean? Geek Builders? Geek Builders. Alright. Yeah. So uh earlier today I tweeted out, hey, does anybody have any topic suggestions? And Geek Builders said, What would you like to see? I like to make stuff and Jimmy Duresta built. And so I'm like, that's a perfect topic. So I'm going to tell <laughs> you guys what I'd like to see you guys make, and then uh, you know we'll just all take turns. So are we going to s- try to like brainstorm how we're going to how we would do that, or is it just like, hey, you should do this? Let's uh, let's let's just start with, hey, I want to see you do this, and we'll see what the conversation goes. I always okay, need cool. ideas. I tell people that all the time. <laughs> well, for you, Jimmy, I don't have a very specific idea. But and I, and both of my <laughs> suggestions for you guys is because I really respect what you do, and so Jimmy, the suggestion mm-hmm. I have for you is I mm-hmm. want to see you make something and film it that is completely art—a wall hanging piece that is art that has no function other than getting what's inside your head out onto a canvas, and that could be any material you want. But that's what I want to see you make. That's funny. You should you should mention that. That's because yesterday. I did uh, my book. My book is out with Maker, Make with Make Make Magazine, Make Make Publisher, and we had a mini Maker Fair yesterday at the Barnes and Noble in New York. And I did a, a talk. And during the talk, somebody asked me if I was going to ever get into stonework. And I said, if I got into stonework, it would be strictly for the art's sake of it. And yes, it's something I do plan on trying to do. Just do a completely abstract art piece in stone. And it's something Taylor bought a chunk of alabaster, and then I bought that small piece and did my cup on the lathe. So I do want to get into stone carving. And for mm. me, the only reason I would do stone carving is strictly for the art of it. Cause I'm not going to stone carve a, you know, something to put on my belt. At least I don't think so. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'm going to do a, a leather man clip holder, alabaster. So yeah, so that's definitely something I've been, I've been thinking about. And, and it's funny. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, YouTube video watching on guys chipping stone and, and putting type, you know, cause I'm a big type freak, putting fonts into stone and chiseling stone. And, uh, it's definitely something I want to get into. So if I did go in that direction, it would more than likely be stone. I have painted in the past. I've actually sold an abstract painting many years ago for $4,000. And that was the first and only time I ever sold a painting. And so out of respect to that guy, I don't, I don't want to like mock Mock, mock around, <laughs> screw around, or, or uh, you know, I don't know what the proper word is. I want to, I want to me retain the value of my painting ability by never painting again. That's a joke. No, I want to. <laughs> 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 that was a clumsy way of making that joke. I, I do want to get back into abstract painting. The painting that I sold was very abstract, and and it was one of like a series of five. And so, like I said, out of respect to the guy who bought that painting for a lot of money. I have all the other paintings and uh, oftentimes contemplated giving them to him. But then I found out recently he got himself into some financial trouble. So I don't think he's free to walk around. <laughs> hmm. I don't think he's free to walk around. I haven't talked to him in many years. So I think he's in jail. I think. Ooh. Oh, that's what you mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, anyway, that's a whole nother story. But um I do, uh, yeah, it is, it is in the list of things to do. It's almost like I think, I think of abstract art as sort of my retirement plan. And when I'm done making bell clips and drawers and <laughs> finger joints and cigar boxes for my machinist tools, I will 
take all my machinist tools and weld them together and make a big abstract lawn ornament. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. I got flywheels and stuff. I've been saving all these flywheels and I want to make, I thought about making some kind of kinetic art with it, the flywheels that I have and, you know, cause they're prop when they're properly machined together and they, they spin for a really long time. So I'll make like the world's largest whirly gig for my front lawn. <laughs> nice. So that's an idea. All right. So for Bob, now I say this because you, I respect what you do and you, you already have all the tools and you already have all the skills. I want to see you do a super fine woodworking. I'm using the quotes, like some sort of like box of so some really nice woods, maybe multiple species and just get like crazy decorative, intricate, hmm. beautiful box. Or a piece of furniture. Interesting. Something that's yeah. super fine woodworking. Hmm. I would have to have like really good motivation to do that. Because I think. Me telling you. I, One million dollars. <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've realized about myself that like the motivation is what makes me want to get to a particular thing. And I'm less interested or less, you know, motivated by a process than I am like the end result. And so that's why a lot of my stuff just isn't, you know, detailed in that way. So I would have to find like a really good reason so that I could really do it and like do it the right way and not try to rush through it. How many years have you been married now? Uh, It'll be 15 in March. That's a pretty round number. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got some from now till March to make an anniversary gift. That's true. Thanks. Don't let her listen Thanks to this for episode. giving me work to do. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> well, you have until March. No, you, yeah. you know, yeah. it's funny. I have to do a I have to do a fine art project, a fine art box project, or a fine woodworking box project. My friend Paul's got this album that he published. He's a, he's a DJ, and I'm actually going to talk to him tomorrow about it. Um, and he has this this 12 inch LP with a whole bunch of photos and accessories that come with it. And he wants me to to make a box to have like one box for this beautiful presentation of this thing. And uh, so I, tomorrow we're going to talk about exactly what you just described, Dave. We have to come up with a box. I don't know if it's going to be finger jointed or maybe not jointed at all, but butt jointed. It's going to be like a low profile box. So it's more about the artfulness of what it looks like. And uh, so we've got to come up with some concepts. And so I'll make that for the record. And you make something for a pair of earrings or something, Bob. <laughs> year I mean, I think, anniversary. I think, you know, there's, there's probably a, a certain amount of fear in me about doing that kind of work because I don't have experience there. And <clears throat> it, it seems like one of those super exposed skill sets, right? Where like you like painting, like if you're, if you're trying to do portrait painting, if you don't get it right, it's really super obvious that it's not right, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and so like, I guess there's probably a little bit of fear in me about like, well, what if I try to do some fancy technique that I've never done before? And it's just like, not bad enough that I have to start over, but not good enough to like (laughs) be proud of, you know? Hmm. I don't know. Do you have a suggestion for what an an entry into fine woodworking, like a good project that would kind of encompass some of the stuff you're thinking about? I think a keepsake box really like encompasses a lot of different skill sets. Yeah, just just make a beautiful little box for no reason. Just like make a box for the art of the box. Don't really have a reason for it, but 
obviously all the more better if you did have a reason for it. But just think of like a cute, a sexy little fine box that holds like something that's precious to you. I mean, even if it's just a keepsake from your grandfather or something. Hmm. You know, uh, you know, it's fine. Like I, I just bought one. It, it held a, a railroad fuse in it. It's just this big old box, and I'll send you guys a picture of it. And it has this slide slide off lid with finger joints, and it's just a box that you would get a piece of hardware in, but from the 1920s today, it's a beautiful box. The 1920s, it was just packaging, and the lid slides out of two grooves with like a big thumb notch, and it needs a little repairing. But I bought that box when we were all at the flea market at, during Maker Fair, and I bought it to copy it because I want to make exactly that kind of box. Maybe maybe it'll be inspiration for what I'm going to do for Paul. I don't know, but. It's just a, a cool box, and everybody that sees it's like, oh my god, that's a cool box, and they don't know why or what, but it's like something. It brings out something, and it's old and it's chipped and it's tattered and it's got letters pushed into it because that's the way they would do packaging in the 1920s. So something precious about about a really well made box that people they can't bring themselves to like throw it away or discard it. Hmm. Well, do you remember, I, I kind of have a, something like that. David, do you remember in the late 90s, the Big Muff pedal mm-hmm. by Softech, mm-hmm. before, when it was a Softech pedal, and they were big and they were green and they came in wooden boxes. Do you remember that at all? No, the one I had came, I don't have the green version, I have the, the oh, updated okay. version, so yeah. Well, I had two of the green versions and they're like big, they're Apparently, they said they were made out of like tank parts from Russia. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually were or not. But anyway, they came in these... Um, finger jointed wooden box and i don't remember if they were plywood or solid wood now but i those pedals are long gone like i destroyed one of them i think i sold one of them i still have one of them but i had several <laughs> throughout the years but i kept all those boxes and they're up in my cabinets now holding like you know sandpaper and different little things but it's funny because they're just little cheap wooden boxes with russian writing on the top of them that it was kind of like that. They were just packaging, huh. but I couldn't really throw them away. I was like, man, these things are cool. <laughs> There's a, um, a, speaking of the 90s, a band that I like from the 90s, Mud Honey, still around, although they make terrible music oh, yeah. these days. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, but one of their shirts from the 90s, it just said Mud Honey across the top and then a picture of a big muff. And that was it. I was like, that's such a brilliant oh, yeah. shirt. Because the, yeah. the, that pedal is very iconic. If you know anything about music playing guitars guitar pedals it's like that pedal looks like nothing else yeah looks like a tank sounds like nothing else too yeah it does it's it's gnarly it's a very gnarly sound when i use it i have to turn the distortion all the way down and then just turn it barely up there's like Mm. that little sweet spot anything past that is just like noise to me but oh i use it all the way in the other direction (laughs) (laughs) that's funny all the way up yeah, well, not all the way up. But. You know, it's funny. You guys cool. just reminded me. We're talking about boxes, and you know, I have a make video to produce this week, and uh, and usually my time is limited, just when it comes to the make videos. So that's why I, fairly, I make fairly simple make videos. And I these glasses that I wear, everybody always wants to know what they're called. They're called I can see, and I buy them at the New York Museum of Modern Art gift shop, and they're fifty dollars <laughs> a pair. And I break them about every two weeks, so I have seven boxes, eight boxes. They come in this these beautiful slide cardboard like matchbox box but they're big and they're, they're bigger and they're, they're made well so i have about seven of them so i was going to glue them together and wrap them with wood and then make little wooden draw faces and have like little machine tool box 
and that's something I was thinking about yesterday. And now today we're talking about making precious boxes. So I might do that for that video. I think I'm gonna. I think oh, I'm gonna do yeah. that. It's a quick, fast hmm. build, but it also is something that'll hopefully get people to look at cardboard boxes slightly differently when they know that they could use it internally in something else. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that idea. Oh, cool. So I think I'm going to go with it. All right. Well, um, I have, okay. I have a couple. you want to go, Jimmy, or do you want me to go? Oh, uh, no, you go. You go. I'm still thinking of a couple of ideas. Okay. So for David, I want to see something, and this is going to push you in two directions that I don't think you're comfortable with. I guess that's probably the theme here, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to make something out of metal that moves, that has some some joints to it that are driven by Arduinos. Now, no. it doesn't matter Just, what. Sorry, I thought you were talking to me. Well, actually, that was originally for you, and then I thought of something different that I wanted for you. I just heard you say Arduino, and I reacted. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, because, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a complex, uh, you know, like structure or anything. But I think... Like, I'd like to see you actually do the metal work that you want to do hmm. somehow. And I would like to see you, like, doing some, like, really basic motion with, you know, that's like a, a logic-controlled motion. I think that's, like, a really powerful thing when somebody makes their first joint that moves or or something that moves with logic that they're programming in. It opens up, like, a whole new realm of possibilities, I think, for people. Like, I was just going to jump in and say, what Izzy's, Izzy's making a bunch of his dinosaurs, his walking dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. So if you ever watched Izzy's Dinosaurs, they're based off of this this other artist um, who's always at Maker Fair, the guy that does the big wind things that blow across the beach. Can't remember his mm-hmm. name. Oh, the uh, Jensen. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. like right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think Izzy was inspired by some of his parts and made the, made it into the dinosaur. So I'm saying there is like some moving parts that I I always thought about maybe playing around making some sort of like little tiny caterpillar feet on your sneakers. So when you stand still, your feet walk for you. (laughs) (laughs) I always have that fantasy of just standing still and gliding like you're on ice and just having like super strong little (laughs) tiny feet underneath your shoes. (laughs) I would love to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Just standing still. Oh man, that'd be great. You know what? This is off topic for a second, but uh, last night Casey was uh, in Casey's Neistat's video him and his friend Sean Doris or Sean Darris, whatever his name is, they were in uh, Utah and there's a scene where they're riding that mono wheel thing. The two mm-hmm. of them have a mono wheel skateboard with the big wheel right between the feet. And, oh yeah, the one wheel? Yeah, and they were, fl- they were, they go visit like this construction site, it's part of the story, and they're zooming through and there's a drone following them. And for a second I was like, are these guys on hoverboards because the things have lights under them and you don't see little mm. wheels and the thing gives you like a six inch height. So you're like six or eight inches above the ground. And for a split second, it looked like they were on hoverboards. So I was like, how did I miss this technology? How did this like, they're like on, I'm like, wait a minute. How are they on hoverboards? The basement every once in a while. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, how did this get by me? How can I not know they were real hoverboards already? <laughs> but they were on these little mono wheel things. It's, it's like a big, thick rubber wheel right in the middle. Everyone who's watched Casey's seen them on one of them. Uh, but I guess his friend Sean, he visited, must have a pair or two of three of those. And they were riding them together. And then the angle of the drone, it looked just like they were on hoverboards. It was a pretty incredible hmm. shot. So Those things are really cool. I'd love to, to ride one of those. So, so, Dave, going, so, do you have any ideas about that, David? So yeah, well, Dave, what are you going to make? I'm sorry, I jumped in front of everybody. No, no, no it's, it's, it's cool. I, so, my thought is, okay, yes, I do want to get into 
metal working there's going to be some projects in the future where i actually do do the metal working i do see myself getting into the arduino stuff but i never pictured them two together because i see the arduino as a way to solve a problem or to make something easier and i don't have a problem that needs to be solved right now with that um, but I do have things that, that will involve metal in the future. So I don't have any good ideas for that just yet. And well, I think it, for what it's worth, I don't need a box. <laughs> but I'm going to make a box. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, I mean, we've talked about it in the past where you told me, like, you gave me the idea of, like, I want to have motorized blinds. And you said, oh, and have it automatic with uh, based on, on daylight. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, that's great, but I don't know how to combine metalworking with that. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Can I make I, a, I like a, it. a suggestion? I like a challenge. Yeah. What about a, a guitar stand that like will come to you? You go, and it comes walking <laughs> over to you. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Here's the problem with that. And uh, <laughs> anybody who owns Gibson guitars will know this: that if you because it's gonna it's gonna be a trip hazard, and if a Gibson guitar falls, one hundred percent the neck breaks. It's just it's the angle of the <laughs> neck, and I would know for sure if I did that, I would leave that guitar stand in the middle of the room, and I would trip over it, and it would fall, and it would break. Someone just drove right through my driveway <laughs> and out the back while I'm talking to you guys. I'm like, I'm not expecting company, but they just drove all the way through my property. And out the back driveway for the first time. You know, and like in people in the country, it says no turnaround. Yeah. they have like a U-shaped driveway. But my U-shaped driveway goes in one side, comes in one street and goes out another street. So they just drove like a quarter of a mile on my property to turn around. (laughs) A little rude. Hmm. Yeah. Rude. 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 (laughs) Get them on the podcast. (laughs) I thought they were going to stop. I thought I was going to have a surprise visit. So a question about the Arduino stuff. I know at one point you... um, you did some experimentation and you started learning some of that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that like stopped you? Did you hit a hurdle or was it just like you just didn't have a project to continue with it? Or what was the thing there? Yeah, I hit a hurdle uh, and I do this a lot. This is my own issues where I accomplish something and then I feel really good about that. And so I need to take a break and so hmm. I can enjoy that. And then I never get back to it. And that's, I, I create these own little, little hurdles, hurdles for myself. And I do this all the time. I've done this in software. Uh, like I'll, I'll learn something in the software, like SketchUp. And I'm like, that's awesome. I need to step back and enjoy this moment. And then I don't get back <laughs> to learning the rest of it. Huh. Interesting. That would be a cool thing to try to figure out how to, to work against. Yeah. Don't take Not a right break. now. <laughs> but you know. Yeah. Okay, um, so yeah, that was that. For Jimmy, mm-hmm. originally I was thinking Arduino stuff because I know it's something you, you keep at arm's length, and I think you should not. But the thing I would really like to see, I think, is an original... It's kind of similar to what you're saying, David, but a little more specific. I'd like to see an original design of a model, like a full detail model being made of a spaceship totally out of your head, not based on, you know, reference or anything like that. I would love to see the way that you like would interpret the 
the stuff that goes into making a spaceship work physically. I'd love to see that as a model. I would probably make a, a spaceship that looks like something from a 1950s Futurama or Metropolis. Cause those are the kind mm. of, those are the kind of design that, it, that, that I get attracted to when I see spaceships. Uh, I always think of the big bullet shape and the big giant landing fins so I would probably make something like that. Maybe maybe we'll do maybe we'll do this round robin video thing as a you know as a as a real video series where I make that you do what you know we each do what we feel was cool from from the other guy. That's a good suggestion to take on. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. We do so, it live on stage in Boston. <laughs> I got carved out of stuff. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make it out of matchsticks. That would be funny. No, so you got me thinking. I just, I, I'm just, I wrote it down. Original spaceship. Oh, nice. Good. You know, I, from time to time, I, I look and see Tom Sachs has done this uh, lunar landing show where it's like all lunar landing oh, yeah. gear made from garbage. And uh, occasionally when there's like, there's bits and pieces of it in the media, I take a closer look and, and I always think if I did a giant themed show like that, what, what would I do? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be space stuff, but it, it just reminds me of the idea of like doing art for the sake of art and a big theme show where there's no real purpose to the stuff. And years ago I came up with the idea of doing mashup tools, which is obviously something I do from time to time, but useless mashup tools like this tool connected to that because it just has like a funny, like, Oh, that's kind of weird. And so I did a whole Mm. bunch of notes for like mashup tools for, for an art show 15 years ago that I never got to making. So now that I'm doing my YouTube, I should do more of that. You should do a whole series of those. That'd be pretty awesome. Like two handles of hammers stuck together right. with no hammer heads. That'd be awesome. <laughs> or, or a handle with a hammer head on each side. Yeah. Because mm. you, you never know what you're going to need. So what, what I, what I like about that challenge of Jimmy doing the spaceship is the people that do make drawings of spaceships or movie props or or whatever are people that are in the spaceships so they're all mm. influenced by people other people's spaceships where i don't think jimmy's spaceship would be influenced by that It'd be influenced by his background i just like that it's so out of left field mm-hmm. i think what you would do would be extremely creative it would look like a 1970s yeah. tea bucket model t roadster perfect yeah, because <laughs> that's the kind of stuff. Get your out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'd be a rocket with like big giant wheels, like rat rod style. Oh, rockets don't have wheels. Never mind. Got a Thunderbird <laughs> etched on the top of it. It have nice. it have fins with like big white walls on them with like red rims. Somehow, I don't know yet. Yeah, that would be the fins. Still working on it. Fins would have Still like big white walls. <laughs> that's funny. So I got. I have a couple things for you guys. Uh, Bob, what about, have you ever thought about just uh, doing a freeform carving in wood? I've been thinking about personally, I'm going to do a freeform carving for a printing block. But I know as a kid, the challenge for me was always to carve like like a bird's wing, for instance, or, you know, a, a, uh, a, a, you had that big chunk of wood, like a cigar store Indian, which obviously is something that would be involved for anybody that's even day-to-day carver, but anything like that. Even just like, you know, I, I saw what your grandfather did, you know, the birds or like a little fisherman, just like a little freeform carving with like a little whittle knife. Hmm. Kind of seems like, you know. Yeah. 
you in it's, 40 it's years like you're on the front porch whittling for your grandkids. Yeah. I mean, you're already doing that, but you're doing it in software in your 3D programs. Yep. You have to make it up there. You can't. So. Well, kind of. I mean, no, like, no CGI I was thinking straight in. <laughs> I was just thinking about that, though. The way that I think about like building something is generally additive. So I'll think of, yeah. Um, you know, like for the modeling stuff, you start with nothing and you create a shape and you stack another shape and you build up this whatever. Um, and even like woodworking for me, the stuff that I do is generally that same way. But carving is, you know, subtractive and you have to be able to see the thing that you're going for through the material. Yeah. A, That's something I have no experience with at all. You do. So. You have a CNC. I do. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, like of me. Even doing, when you're sculpting, for instance, because I've been playing with Fusion quite a bit. When you're sculpting with Fusion, let's say you start with a chunk of, you start with a square mass and then you got to slice into that mass with a curve and divide the body and so on and so on. So if you think of it in terms of stuff like that, for instance, that you're used to. Hmm. That's interesting. Think of a yeah, side that, that profile, a front profile. And it, so here's a question, yeah. a question to go with that. Then if you were going to, um, try that type of carving for the first time, what tools would you want? Basic, you know, the bare minimum tools. Just a little, a, a little chunk of basswood, maybe like a like a two by two by four inch piece of basswood, and just like I have miles of basswood. <laughs> I have so much basswood. That's what you. That's like a good carving wood. Is that what your grandpa used? Yeah, to use? that's that's what my granddad yeah. used, and he gave me like I have a slab of basswood that's probably four inches thick, eight feet long, two feet wide. It's huge. Well, just cut a little piece off. You don't have to start that big. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, as far as like the chisels and things, what, All you, what I mean, you when I was a kid, I, and I haven't whittled in a really long time, but I would, I used to love to whittle with just a straight up uh, utility knife because they were always sharp and yeah. you flip it over for another sharp side. And nowadays you can grind the back off. So you have a little bit more carvability. So like a, a typical sheetrock knife is obviously a little too wide. So if you car, if you grinded the back, if you ground the back out and made it a little bit more, you can get more of a, uh, or you can hmm. just get a traditional, I mean, your granddad must have like traditional hand carving knives. You could just revive one of those, just give a nice edge to it. You know, it just has like a little thumb chip of a, of a blade on it. And then you get right into it. Then just, hmm. I, I always tell my students, say like, I haven't given this assignment in a long time, but remember when we were kids and we would carve with a chunk of soap, in like elementary school and we'd all make a fish. We'd like chisel off one nose and one corner and then make a fin in the back. Did you guys ever have that or am I alone? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Um, now imagine in the hands of, you know, master sculptor, what that bar of soap would look like and, you know, the, the hands of a child. So everywhere in between. And I always say, try and take this massive material and make it look as far away from its original shape as possible. Because some people just nick the corners and nick the corners and then go, oh, it's a fish. No, I mean, a fish does not look like a bar of soap with the corner nicked off. A fish looks like something that was made by, you know, whoever made it. And it has this organic biomorphic shape. And so how do you take like your chunk of material and turn it into something not necessarily biomorphic, but something totally different? How do you take that that piece of basswood and make it look like a little old man with a fishing pole in his hand? And that's just sitting there seeing that if you could hand sketch that image, you could also probably carve it fairly easily. So, you know, and I know you're, you're an artist and I'm sure you could just imagine. And I keep using this as an example, because when you start looking into little whittling projects, these are the type of projects you see is like a little old man with like a crumpled face and a crumpled hat, mm -hmm. you know, with like crumply pants. Yeah. 
we, there was one of those at my granddad's house. I don't know if he did it or he got it from someone, but yeah, yeah. it's exactly what you're describing. So, hmm. Okay. So I'll make my rocket ship. Maybe you make that. <laughs> or I'll make I'll make a fine woodworking box with a little old man with crumpled pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and he comes out of it. You do like a little thumb snotch and you slide open and he comes out. Ooh. One of my students the other day, and it's going to be in my vlog, I asked my students to carve things out of styrofoam. And one of my students handed me a little Altoids box that was this big. And I'm holding my fingers about two inches apart. And I opened it up and it was a little tiny Lego person. That it was a Sailor Moon or no, it was the, the girl from Danger Squad with the bat. I don't know these characters' names. Um, there was a movie with like a bunch of crazy characters. Oh, Harley Quinn. Yeah, Harley that's Quinn. it. And she sculpted yep. a little Lego version of her out of styrofoam that was this big. So, and sometimes students that make the tiniest things make the, the most impressive. And like I pulled it out and I always joke with my students and go, oh. And I pulled it out and just like a gut reaction was to go, oh. <laughs> it was like it was something precious and nice about it being only an inch and a half high and done well. So I'm saying, Bob, if you sculpt, you could have like a, like a big piece of wood that is your handle that you can manipulate. And then you're only carving the top one or two inches. Making oh, that's an interesting idea. A little tiny man with a crumpled face, with crumpled pants, holding a fishing pole. <laughs> huh. Lego man. Or carve a Lego man. Make, <laughs> yeah. Carve a Lego man, because I know that you dig that. Just carve a Lego man out of wood. So that's, yeah. a, you know, that's a perfect example. And I'm, I'm joking, but now I'm serious. Because that's a perfect example. One of my drawing teachers, when I was coming up in school... She used to make us draw the human figure in boxes in space. And she would always reference this drawing from, you know, the, the Renaissance where somebody took pen and ink and drew humans as each shape of the body as, as a square rectangular box. So the trunk of the chest and the trunk of the, the lower abdomen and the shoulders and all the hands and parts were just made as box, ta- so in some cases, tapered box shapes. And... By making us draw those, and then on top of that, we drew skin and muscle and bone. For me, it's still the main way I began, not that I draw human beings a lot, but if I had to sketch something or a mass or anything, I always start with squares and space and then put a bio shape on it. Hmm. So for you to start with like a Lego man and then maybe make something after that would give you the idea of, yeah, you know, it's a good progression. That's a that's very much like forming in, in Fusion 360, like yep. you were talking about too. Yep. It's the same process. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> so cool. Chew on that. And for okay. for uh, for Dave, I, we were talking about boxes and stuff. And have you ever made a drum set, a laminated drum no. set? No. Uh, there is a plan to do a snare someday. Uh-huh. I had never thought about making an entire drum set. Yeah. Oh well, you know, maybe even just like a conga drum. Do you ever mm-hmm. make a conga? No. Seems like I've, it would be right up your alley. With yeah. Like a you know, like a wet leather top, and then you you know you do the the, the cat gut strings to tighten it with like the you see the guys that like twist them to get them to, be, to tune the drum. Yeah. yeah. So there's lots of ways to make a drum, of course, but uh, it'd be fun to see you piece one together. Walnut it, clean. It would definitely be fun. My as some of you know my wife is a drummer, so yeah, she would get a kick out of that. I try to play drums. I'm not. I'm not very good, but uh, no, I, re- I really like that. I, I for a long time I've been wanting to do a snare, and there's a couple awesome YouTube channels out there uh, that show them making drums. I'm like, I want to do that so bad. I know 
it's like the thing with any instrument, except maybe a conga drum, that might be a little different, but like with a guitar or a drum, it's your first one is usually not the good one. The first one is kind of yeah. like the throwaway. And then yeah. you, you understand the tones a little bit more and what needs to be done. Then you got to do it again. So it's a, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a longer term project, but I really, really like that. And I'm, I love instruments. I can't have you enough made, of them. You can make a simple like conga drum and then you could do like a beatnik poem. So you don't really have to play a song. You could just like slap it in between verses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we'll nice. be in the audience and we'll snap our fingers when it's over. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real well, old as reference far as, like the, as far as making the thing twice though you actually that would be an interesting way to do a video i don't know that i've seen anybody do that but instead of showing two full build processes you know show like part of one show the final result and then like show the parts that you changed in the second one not two full you know what i mean like yeah. the unique parts of each build that might yeah. be kind of interesting you are right about that i don't know i've ever seen any at least in the woodworking realm of somebody doing that so i like that idea you, know you guys are do? full of great ideas i'm gonna stone carve a rocket that's both your ideas mixed together i just wrote that down there you go <laughs> oh and it has to fly that's so i'll just add enough. some metal working and some arduinos to my drum and i'll be good there you go. go just have it come over there to you go, you go <laughs> and the drum will walk over to you <laughs> <laughs> it could be a kick drum and the pedal could make it, you know, bounce across the floor. Oh, there you that, go. That's hilarious. <laughs> make sure you whistle the right way because you don't want the drum and the guitar to come to you at the same time. Uh, uh, that's true. They, yeah. <laughs> I a friend of mine texted mess. me the other day, a guy I know personally, and he texted me and said, when you said to Pipichuto to make like a U-shaped doghouse for his little dog to go in and out of one side, he goes, I spit my coffee on my computer. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy Rain said that. Thanks, Rain. I I immediately went to Kelly after that podcast recording. I'm like, Jimmy has the best idea ever. And I told him about that. You shaped off. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Do we have any other extra ideas? No, that's good. That's a lot to think about. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You got me thinking Those are good my, challenges, though. I mean, I think it's interesting that we all took the same approach of like, here's something that that, that person doesn't do that I want to see them, you know kind of figure out and chase. So mm-hmm. I like that. It's like, cool. even if those projects don't come about, just the, the thinking about that and trying yeah. to get over, get over that, that uncomfortableness is, is helpful. For real. Well, um, you guys been watching anything cool? Yeah. I've been submersing myself, even though it's still, it's like listening to, to people speak Japanese at me still, but I've been submersing myself in fusion videos. And I found this guy who I just uh, texted to you guys. Um, Lars Christensen, have you found him? No, never heard of him. He uh, he has a pleasant speaking uh, Danish accent, which is always nice to listen to. But he says things in a very simple explanation. So he, he always says, if you start fusion and you have this problem, it's probably because... And then he goes into it and he explains the whole thing. And then he says the three things you should know about fusion, the, the, the top five things you should... So he breaks them down into these categories that help you approach the program slowly in a, in a ramp method. So it's, I've been watching his videos and obviously the way the algorithm works, you watch two or three and then you go to your homepage and that's all they want you to watch is every single thing this person made, his home videos, his birthday parties. So 
Are those interesting? Yeah, because they're all done for fusion. <laughs> Glad the candles. I'm going to make a birthday fusion cake. birthday party. <laughs> yeah, no. So he, uh, he he he's a good teacher, and I've been watching other teachers as well. And and you know John uh, from NYC CNC, and uh, this other guy Jason Hughes, who uh, who texted me and uh, said, "Watch my my channel. He's got some really good." Good stuff. So I'll give you those. Well, everybody knows NYCNC, but I'll give you Jason Hughes and, and Lars to put into the show notes. Cool. Is he affiliated with Autodesk at all? Or is this no, just he's just like guys like us. He's just like guys like us. And then, of course, the Autodesk to- uh, stuff is pretty good, too. Is is very good. But it's a little like it's like hitting the ground running. It's like going into a foreign country and everybody talking directly at you in the language that they speak. And you're like, wait a minute. I just got here. <laughs> it's called immersion though apparently that's the best way to learn a language yeah yeah walk around not talking to anybody for four years <laughs> until the police pick you up on the street crying and then you have to learn how to try and talk to them yeah that's either the best way to learn a language or the best way to not get food <laughs> you, you end up getting something you would never eat in a million years <laughs> picture me walking around europe in the 90s and trying to eat <laughs> nothing gooey and nothing made out of vegetables yeah <laughs> Very difficult. My pick of the week is the channel by Ian Atkinson. He is a leather worker and all his stuff is just all, all his projects are awesome. His videos are long form. So they're going to be like 20, 30 minute videos on making whatever a, a, a bag of leather. There's just, there's, um, there's project videos and there are tip videos and since I've got some leather and wood keychains that I'm making for this craft show, I started really digging in and watching all these videos. So check out Ian Atkinson. Cool. Um, so mine is a little different, but it made me think of Jimmy when I saw this video the other day. <clears throat> so there's this band. I, I'm not a big fan of bluegrass. I don't like dislike it really, but it's not something I actively listen to. But I ran across this video of this band called Iron Horse and they're a bluegrass band and the video I saw was them doing a cover of Rocket Man oh I saw and that did you? yeah I've seen and, that it's and great. I didn't I, I wasn't going to click on it and my wife was like oh it's Rocket Man let's listen to that and I listened to it and I was like wow it's great and then the next recommended one was them doing Inner Sandman yeah I saw that too <laughs> and it's well, so I've good yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah anyway it was just really cool to see like you know songs that, uh, that I kn- knew that were taken and done really directly in a new style. Not just like converted and kind of country or kind of bluegrass. It was like a straight Something like new. original, you know, in their own style. Hmm. I thought it was really cool. I like it when people do stuff like that. So, yeah, go check out Iron Horse. Cool. Well, before we go, I want to thank our supporters on Patreon. Especially Luis Gonzalez and Make, Build, Modify. They're our top supporters over there. And um, I think both of them will be in Boston, which is awesome. Looking forward to that. Um, but if you want to help out the show, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. And any support over there would be awesome. You could also just share the show around. Tweet it at people, and record it onto a tape, and send it to people. Whatever you need to do to share the show would be great. <laughs> We're selling the show on mini discs and uh, eight tracks coming next. No, I'm just kidding. Seth. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, unless you guys got anything else, that's it for this week, I guess. That's it. No. Uh, yeah. Can we get laser disc in the in the picture as well? Can we get the show on laser yeah. disc? 
Cool. Well, I mean, you know, without video, it probably wouldn't make a lot of sense. But the big laser discs, the ones that you got to like pop into a machine and then pull the cover off, those. Yeah, those like record set. Oh, yeah, that's what we're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever. Those you usually cool. find in the uh, in the antique shop right next to the globe shaped TV. <laughs> now, see, I would like one of those. I'd take that. I got four of them. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Jimmy Shop is an antique shop. That doesn't surprise me at all. I have all. two of them. I'm joking. I only have two. A red one and a white sure. one. Panasonic Space Helmet TV. All right. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Love my TVs. <laughs>